Welcome to ADHD SOS. We've heard your call, and don't worry, help is on the way. This is the only podcast that combines mindset skills, cognitive psychology, and the motivational pep talks you need to beat procrastination and achieve peak performance. Join me, your host and fellow ADHDer, Tina L., as we journey from SOS to smooth sailing. Welcome back, my SOS squad. Today, today we have a good one. We are talking about ADHD masking and how to be your authentic self, how to take that mask off. In this episode, you'll learn what masking really is and why we ADHDers do it. We're going to look at the ways that masking could be damaging in these little subtle and invisible ways. And then I'm going to offer some practical ways to really start to step into your authentic self. And for those of us that still have their masks firmly affixed to their face, we're going to talk about three easy little stepping stone ways to begin the unmasking process. I want to put out there that I have masked myself for most of my life and I had no idea I was doing it. Masking can be totally unconscious or subconscious or you don't know that it's happening. Here are some typical ways that I would mask. So I would engage socially and I didn't have the juice because that's what I thought it took to maintain my relationships. I'd stay home from school to avoid stressful situations that I didn't know if I could handle. I'd force myself to focus and work beyond my limits, and then I would get sick. I'd take on extra work and responsibilities so that people wouldn't think I'm lazy. I would hide my overwhelm because others seem to be able to take on so much more and it seems easy for them. And I would keep quiet or at least I would be a perfectionist so that people wouldn't see my careless mistakes or hear me fumble an idea in conversation. So what is masking exactly? Another word for masking is camouflaging. It is when we imitate the behaviors of those around us in order to avoid looking different. The goal in masking is to gain social acceptance. And as I said, it often happens subconsciously, which is so sneaky. So why is it an ADHD thing? Why do ADHDers tend to mask? Well, masking is all about creating a certain social image in order to gain social acceptance. And this makes so much sense. Research shows that ADHDers experience far more criticism, stigma, rejection, bullying, and condemnation in childhood from everyone, from peers and teachers and parents, than the average neurotypical child. Now, there is a bit of a silver lining here. Masking is about becoming acceptable to others, but in the process, we often actually develop useful strategies that help us. It can sometimes motivate us to actually develop life skills that really do help us. So for example, let's say you recognize your time blindness. So you have lots of alarms and you've developed a habit of showing up early. That's good. 
you recognize your tendency to misplace things. So you develop systems for where those important things like keys and wallets belong. Pretty awesome. And you recognize you have a short-term memory deficit, so you make a habit of writing everything down. Or maybe you recognize your tendency to interrupt others, so you practice your listening skills. These are all good things. If in the process of masking, you've developed a helpful habit, by all means, keep it. But, but, masking often comes with a cost. When you hide yourself, you don't get to be yourself. Masking is all about the image that other people see. So focusing on our image at the expense of our needs and desires can take a toll on us. It can take a toll on our confidence. We don't feel like we're enough the way we are. It can take a toll on our mental health. Pretending to be a way you're not is stressful. It's stressful and it's exhausting and it can result in anxiety and depression. There's a real energetic cost to feeling like we need to put this game face on for all of our encounters. So how do we be our authentic self? Well, the first part, the first question I think we need to ask ourselves is, what am I needing people to think about me? The answer to this is going to be different for all of us. For me, as an inattentive type, I'm often daydreaming and not focused on what people want me to be focused on and expect me to be focused on. Like a lot of ADHDers, I've also historically been a slow processor and a slow learner. As a kid, and honestly still sometimes an adult, people think I'm not that smart. And so a lot of my masking and the reason why I'm attempting to manipulate the opinions of others is that I'm needing them to think two things. One is that I'm not dumb. I have so many memories of getting things wrong. I can remember intense shame and embarrassment going all the way back to the first grade. I had a hard time paying attention and a hard time following instructions. And as I got older, my school survival strategy was to befriend my teachers and stay after school and ask them to re-explain the lesson. And even one-on-one, I still couldn't always follow their explanations. I'd have to look into their exasperated eyes and say, could you please explain that to me one more time, but like in a different way, please? And I wanted to get it right so badly. I understand that part of my masking is the desire to avoid being in that position and feeling those feelings of shame and embarrassment. The second thing that I'm needing people to think about me is that I'm actually smart. I am smart. The other part of my masking is rooted in my ego. It's always mattered to me that I come across as smart to other people. But of course, ADHD is always mucking up my efforts. Ah, I have a hard time following instructions, and I often start daydreaming when people are trying to explain technical ideas to me. I struggle with verbal fluency and putting words to my thoughts and conversation. I make careless mistakes despite really, really caring that I'm making those mistakes, and I have poor working memory, which means that I often forget crucial details. In order to understand your masking, think about what your insecurities are. 
When you know what you're insecure about, you can feel fairly confident that what you're needing people to think about you is the opposite of that. Let's say you feel insecure about your work output or your effort levels. You're probably needing people to think that you're motivated and ambitious. If you feel insecure about your social presence and the amount you speak around others, you're probably needing people to think that you're cool and a good conversationalist. If you feel insecure about your impulsivity, you're probably needing people to think that you're more rational and calculated. If you feel insecure about your stimming and your physical hyperactivity, you're probably needing people to think that you're relaxed and calm, like cool as a cucumber. If you feel insecure about how easily overwhelmed or overstimulated you get, you're probably needing people to think that you're capable and that you can handle whatever gets thrown at you. These insecurities are what you're masking and what you're likely to hide from other people. Want to know an awesome ADHD hack? Become a follower of the show and new episodes will be served to you automatically when they become available. No need to remember to have to go looking for new episodes. Fresh survival strategies will be delivered straight to the homepage of your favorite player. On Spotify, click on the name of the show and click follow under the picture of me. And on Apple Podcasts, click on the name of the show, click on the three dots on the right-hand side and select follow. I can't wait for you to join the SOS squad. So the second question is why? Why are you needing them to think this? For me, why does it matter that people think I'm smart? At the end of the day, all answers come down to worth. I equated being smart with having worth. I wanted people to think that I'm worthy of being associated with them. I'm worthy of being their friend, their wife, their daughter. I'm not some nitwit. I am not some slacker. My perfectionism and my masking is an attempt to correct the record. I often rehearse what I want to say. I replay what I've already said in order to do better next time. I research and I research and I freaking research so that I can get the quote-unquote right answer. But the worst and the most tragic manifestation of my masking is when I'm not willing to try at all. Because I'm afraid, I'm afraid that I won't be able to make something that demonstrates that I have the level of intelligence and creativity and ingenuity that I want to show others that I have. At the end of the day, my masking has very little to do, almost nothing to do with proving something to myself and everything to do with proving my worth to other people. Why are you needing people to think that you're motivated and ambitious, a good conversationalist, rational and calculated, calm and relaxed, capable of handling it all, whatever it is? Why are you needing people to think that? What is at risk for you when they don't think those things about you? What are you protecting against? What are you really afraid of? When you uncover, as I did, that behind the mask, your fundamental worthiness as a human being is on the line, then, then you can start to challenge that premise. 
And this brings me to the solution. What happens when I unmask? What if people do think I'm dumb? When I really understood the ways I was masking, I decided to try a little experiment. It's simple, but it was honestly challenging to my ego. I let people be wrong about me. These are the things that I can now regularly allow for. I let people think that I'm not smart. I let them roll their eyes when I forget something or I make a careless mistake. I let them have an exasperated sigh when I ask them to repeat the instructions. I let them look impatient while I try to find my words to explain something. The truth is that their feelings are theirs and they don't have to be mine. Those people with exasperated sighs and impatient looks, they're humans too. And now I've learned to let them be human. I can allow them the space to feel how they feel and say what they want to say without making it mean something about who I am. What matters at the end of the day is that what they think about me doesn't impact what I think about me. That is the most important thing. I know the truth about myself, and that means that I don't need to manipulate their opinion of me. I don't need them to understand the complexity of who I really am, and at the end of the day, I don't need them to think I'm smart. The reason is because I know I'm smart. That is the key to this change. I was able to let go of validation from other people when I really started validating myself. I place notes everywhere, reminding myself that I'm a badass bee with amazing ideas that can change people's lives. The more I tell myself this truth, the less I need to be affirmed in the eyes of other people. Even when I'm being my most perfect, smartest-seeming version of myself, there are going to be people in my life, honestly people who I'm related to, who will always treat me like an idiot. They will speak to me in ways that are condescending. They can't handle when I accidentally take a wrong turn or forget how to do something that they once showed me. They're quick to point out my mistakes, and somehow these same people, they never celebrate when I'm right or successful. Even after graduating from an Ivy League university with honors, they still see me as the seven-year-old who couldn't figure out how to read. No matter how hard I try to rehearse ahead of time, I will never change their mind about me. So I'm giving up the whole act. You want to think I'm an idiot? Go for it. What you give up is knowing the whole of me. What you give up is knowing who I really am. And that's fine, honestly, because you know what I get? (laughs) I get liberation. It's such a good trade. I get to give up having to be the smart one. I get to be who I really am. Who I really am is a daydreamer, forgetful, messy, and also bloody brilliant. If someone wants to focus on the messy part, that's their choice and their loss. But I allow it. And the truth is, it's also none of my business. My business is supporting myself as well as I possibly can. And you know what doesn't support me? Masking and perfectionism. These shut me down. They shut me up. And they ensure that I won't contribute to the world in the ways that I know I'm meant to. Now that I don't need people to think I'm smart, these are some things that I get to say without feeling bad about them at all. 
I can say, I don't know. I don't know the answer off the top. Let me think about that and get back to you. I don't know how to respond to this situation right now. Or I forgot. I forgot what you just said. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot that moment in time you're mentioning. I forgot that thing you told me two minutes ago. And I can also say, I have ADHD. Now, obviously, ADHD has nothing, nothing at all to do with intelligence, but a lot of people think it does. And so when I say that, I risk people thinking that I'm not that smart. And now I can say the wrong thing and immediately laugh about it. I mean, (laughs) who cares if I'm dumb sometimes? I am. I can relax because I don't have something to prove. If I say or do a not smart thing, who cares? I don't need you to think I'm smart. If I impulsively overshare something that makes me seem not smart, who cares? If I stumble over my words, who freaking cares? And to my SOS squad, I don't need you to think I'm smart either. In fact, that's how I have the guts to actually hit record and then publish this podcast. I don't need you to think anything about me. The thing is, if I did, if I did need you to think something about me, I would never ever publish a podcast good enough that I could be sure that you would think what I want you to think about me. So if you think I'm dumb, that's no problem at all. You can be wrong about me. I allow that. This way of thinking, it works for any of the traits that you've worked to prove to other people. You can let it go. You can know the truth about you and allow that to be good enough. Why have I always wanted people to think I'm smart? It's because I spent so much of my early life being told that I was doing it all wrong. Because when people did validate my intelligence, it helped me to believe that I could get it right. And when I got it right, I felt like I had value. But in allowing people to be wrong about me, I get to take off that mask. I get to give up my identity as smart. And that affects my interactions with people in a million subtle ways. It means that instead of pretending that I've heard someone when I've accidentally zoned out, I can just say, hey, I'm sorry, I missed that last part. Can you repeat it? It means that if someone still expresses frustration over a careless mistake I've made after I've apologized, I give us both the opportunity to stop working together. It means that if someone rolls their eyes at me when I'm trying to find my words, I keep our communication surface level and I'm no longer going to spend time or effort trying to express my complex thoughts to this person. When I unmask, I settle myself on a more authentic ground and I have no one I need to be and nothing I need to prove. Letting people be wrong about you is hard. I'll be honest, especially at the beginning. It means unraveling a lifetime of habits and beliefs. And for most of us, it's a journey. Here are three things that I think can really help along the way. The first is just to understand your inherent immutable worth as a human being. And, you know, the truth is that all the tips could just end there. But this is a hard thing to believe out of the gate. 
uh, especially for those of us who have been convinced otherwise by everyone around us. So these next two tips will help you sort of stepstone your way to building that bulletproof belief in your inherent worth. Number two is to double down on your zone of genius. That means to identify those activities, skills, or states where you feel powerful, you feel confident, and you feel in the flow. Some people will call this your zone of genius. When you double down on these, you can encounter people or circumstances that are challenging and still remember that you are a badass. And I know... I know this may seem in contradiction with the idea that your worth is not dependent on your work. And that is true. It's not. But sometimes it takes action to create a feeling. And doing something you're confident in can help you carry that confidence to another scenario. It's kind of like putting on an outfit that makes you feel confident. Like, yeah, (laughs) We should all feel confident naked. That's great. (laughs) I believe that's true. But often like a powerful outfit can change how you feel and help you build up that feeling until it's deep, until it's part of you. It's also kind of like striking a power pose, puffing out your chest. I mean, we should all feel like we're in our power all the time. But the other truth is that holding a certain stance can make us feel a certain way in the meantime while we're building that feeling of confidence. Number three is to affirm yourself. So in order to be strong against the feeling of others, we need to know how we feel about ourselves. We need to decide what's true and then think it on purpose. When you're in your zone of genius, create some affirmations about what you think makes you great. For example, after being in the zone with my writing, I wrote some of these affirmations. I wrote, I have a sensitive, introspective, and creative mind that allows me to generate unique insights that help people and change lives. I wrote, My experience has allowed me to be especially attuned to the struggle and suffering of others and it's uniquely positioned me to be of support. I also wrote that because my brain is wired differently, I see things that others don't. I have innovative ideas. I I understand people deeply, and I intuitively tap into the subtle energy around me. These are things about myself that I believe to be true, and the more time I spend believing them, the less I'm vulnerable to the critical voices and the critical looks of other people. I know who I am. I know what my genius is. And now it's time for the rescue recap. When it's sink or swim, remember these key takeaways. So masking is camouflaging your natural behavior for the purpose of social acceptance. And we ADHDers tend to do it more than most because, well, in childhood, it was a way for us to protect ourselves against judgment and criticism and rejection. And remember, all of this can happen completely subconsciously. 
You may have no idea you're doing it until you know what it is and you start to recognize your own behaviors. And masking is problematic because it can tank our confidence and be bad for our mental health. So what does it take to be authentic? First, let's ask what we're needing people to think about us and why. And then we can ask, like, does that really serve me? And is this where I want to put my energy? And probably the most powerful thing of all that I've learned is to allow people to be wrong about you. I allow people to be wrong about me all the time now. And it has been a direct path to liberation. I get to say what I believe. I get to say how I'm feeling and not hide what's actually going on for me. I'm not trying to look perfect anymore. That's the truth. So here are three stepping stones to unmasking for those that still have their mask on a little tighter than they'd want. So the first thing to start understanding at a deep level, (laughs) as deep as possible is that your worth is inherent. It has nothing to do with your behavior. But that belief can be challenging. It can take time to build. So we start by doubling down on our zone of genius. We start to recognize ourselves in those moments where we feel strong, we feel powerful, we feel in our zone. And then we affirm ourselves when we're in that zone. We purposefully reflect on what's amazing about us, what our strengths are, what we bring to the table. And again, (laughs) we don't need to bring anything to the table because we are inherently worthy. But on our way to believing that truth, we can also believe that we are effing brilliant in our own way. We have incredibly unique brains. They give us unique abilities. SOS Squad, I genuinely hope that this episode has inspired you to loosen your mask or maybe just throw the thing off and toss it away because we can allow people to be wrong about us and get stronger in our own beliefs of ourselves. And when we do, we become more powerful than we ever could have imagined. And we live our lives with so much more ease. Like we just get to be who we are and be comfortable with that. Even if other people aren't, we can let them have their reactions and still feel strong in who we are. The world is a better place with your most authentic self in it. So allow yourself to be yourself. Allow yourself to be messy and loud and clumsy and beautiful. I love you guys so much and I cannot wait to talk to you next time. Big love. Bye.